0: Welcome to the Third Church Student Ministry Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another week of the Third Church Student Ministry Podcast. Uh, We're going through the book, It's Personal, written by Reggie Joyner and crew at the Orange Store. And uh, this week we are in chapter four. It's called Do You Know Where I Live? And friendly reminder the main point of the book is uh, Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus. So I um, want to make sure that you understood where we were going and why we're using references to Zacchaeus during this podcast and other podcasts. So today we are joined by friend and co-worker Jenny Heseltine. So Jenny, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself and then tell us what uh, your takeaway from this chapter was.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jenny Hesseltine, I'm currently Director of Community here at Third Church. And so lots of small group involvement because of my role here and just who God created me to be. Um, Specifically with students, I have, I don't know what the collective number of years is that I've been a small group leader, but I have served in Particularly, middle school ministry three different times in two different churches and um, really love middle schoolers. And I don't know that I ever thought I would say that prior to that experience. But um, yeah, most recently I had a group of mixed students who just moved on to CORE this past year. And so that was awesome. But I also have served at other churches when we lived in Kansas. And so I guess, a decent amount of experience. Not that I really feel like that qualifies me for Hmm. anything in terms of middle school students uh, or high school students, but I believe in the power of leading small. And so here I am. Yeah, Yeah. I loved a lot of things about this chapter, Brett. And I think the biggest takeaway that I would have, and it's not that he necessarily said it in these exact words, but kind of the overarching point of this chapter for me was that there's just so much about other people, whether they be our students in ministry or coworkers or neighbors or whoever, we just, there's so much that we can't assume. Mm-hmm. There, is, there are very little, if ever, um, circumstances that we can just like throw a blanket statement over and say that applies to everyone. And so I think, uh, yeah, that's really kind of one of my biggest takeaways from this chapter is that getting to know where these students live uh, in your context is so important because it, without that, without that personal level of interaction and, and knowledge of who they are and who they're created to be and where they're at currently, there's just uh, so much that we're missing yep. by making, making assumptions and, and putting blanket statements over them. So that was my biggest takeaway for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I like the, uh, you know, we can't assume that others should feel the way we feel or that they'll think the way that we think, or that they'll believe the way that we believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd think of, you know, just pick uh, two different eighth grade girl groups. I mean, there's almost nothing similar between the two (laughs) other than their age and their gender and maybe what school they go to. I mean, the, their home lives, their, their friends, the extracurriculars they're involved in, how many siblings, I mean, just everything about their context is different. So, um, uh, You mentioned earlier about leading small, and that's another big thing that Orange um, preaches. Like, it's not about, you know, like, for example, we have, you know, multiple hundreds of kids in our youth group. But if we don't have dedicated youth group leaders, small group leaders to lead, you know, 8 to 10, we're in trouble because right. we need that personal touch. We need that. Somebody needs to know so much about a few of these kids so that we they're all taken care of really well so mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. I really I really liked that too um, so Jenny is there a time in your life where um, you made an assumption and it went awry or that you have any connections to assumptions
1: yeah for sure you know I think when I started originally back when I was a college student leading middle school, a middle school small group. I used to think that because they were all girls in whatever grade and they all lived basically in the same general geographic area, that they prob and they were all going to the same church, at least for youth group, that there were a lot of similarities. And back to your point of like, there's actually more different about them than there is the same. And so, again, like that blanket doesn't work to just cover all of them. So I used to think that there would be more that's the same about them. And what I know now is that they are unique individuals and I can't assume that they are all the same. And I think one specific example I could give of that that just that did apply to one small group that I led um, over the years that I have led is that I was making this assumption initially that there would be all these similarities and then connecting it to a very real example of, do you know where I live? Like literally going to their homes to drop them off after an event, or I have the blessing of having a lot of them babysit for my kids because they're a perfect age for that. And, um, so whether it's picking them up to babysit or taking them home after an event or whatever, I've gotten to see the physical location of where they live. Mm -hmm. And, and the very, like, drastic reality for um, one of these groups that I have led in the past is that I've in the same in the same group of girls, I have one student who lives in probably a million dollar home, and I have another student who doesn't even always have a bed to sleep in. I mean, that stark contrast. Mm-hmm. In and of itself is enough to, like, for sure, realize that you can't make assumptions that they understand each other's worlds, and so um, it—it's not necessarily that they have to know and understand where each other live, but I have to know that as a leader, I have to see that where they live is different because I can't just treat them all the same. Right,
0: right. They—they're
1: they're not going to. They're—they're they're just not going to. Be on that on the same page with a lot of things because of their context. Yep. So being able to lead out of the acknowledgement of those differences, I think, is really important for small group leaders across mm-hmm. the board, whether that's students or adults or or whomever.
0: No, that's so good, Jenny. For for me, I I was at a conference where, uh, along the same line of assumption, on the screen it said, as of 2015, only one fourth of U.S. homes were, you know, two-parent, two-kid nuclear homes, you know, like that household demographic percentage, whatever you want to call it, is is just gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in our context here in Pella, Iowa, that might still be a little higher than one-fourth, but there's a lot of people that have, I don't know what the term is, multi- like just the home doesn't look that way. It's you know there's step parents, there's yeah. half half siblings, that kind of thing, and I think it's really important for um, us when we're communicating, especially when we're just meeting someone for the first time, to not go in with, oh this kid must have mom and dad at home and multiple mm-hmm. siblings or something like that. Um, and I've been I've I've seen the look in a student's eyes when. They had. They basically had to tell me that their home life isn't awesome. Mm -hmm. After I just assumed that. Oh, where does your mom and dad work? Well, actually, they don't have a job right now. It's like, oh, you know. Sure. So. Yep. Um. I think my, yeah, my my challenge, um, would be that as we, um, lead and as we are, uh, what's the thing? Kevin's Kevin's been our pastor. Kevin has been saying a lot that we moving forward in this, um, this kind of post-Christendom world that we're living in in the United States, that we are gonna be the only Bible mm-hmm. that a lot of these students, coworkers, just other people we interact with are gonna read. Sure. So um, not assuming, um, realizing that everyone has a story and to um, you know take the time to get to know that story and uh, from a small group leader perspective, you know that's one of the reasons that we have student or uh, small group leaders commit to multiple year commitments because it's just not something that happens overnight. Uh, one of the things in the chapter actually says it takes fourteen to twenty four months mm-hmm. for a teenager to fully open up and trust an adult. Yeah. And when we're you know when we have thirty minute small group times basically. <laughs> Uh, that's that's not a lot of time, so it does take a while. And so the challenge is, especially for you, new leaders, like keep putting in the time, keep putting in the effort, um, and it's going to pay off.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you,
0: Jenny? What's your challenge?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow Bob Goff's um, <laughs> framework for this and use another statement of I, what I used to think and what I know now, and. I used to really psych myself up for the idea of one-on-one time with a student, meaning that I didn't think I could schedule a coffee date or going out to ice cream with one student who I knew really needed that one-on-one time unless I felt like I had time in my calendar to schedule that Mm -hmm. with every girl in my group. And what I know now is that they don't have equal needs for that and so to put that kind of pressure on yourself as a leader is completely unnecessary and unrealistic mm-hmm. um you know my last small group I had 10 girls in it to give all 10 girls an hour even once a month was 10 extra hours yeah. in a month's time that you know a lot of us probably don't have to give, but that's okay. Because when there was when there were one or two of them who just really needed me for an hour, then I could give that, yep. and I could, and I could know that that was okay. Because it was not about playing favorites. It was not about choosing a one girl over another. It was about meeting their needs, seeing where they were living in that moment and being able to be there for them. And I think that's what Jesus showed us in the story of Zacchaeus. Yep. He called Zacchaeus down out of the tree. There were hundreds of other people standing around, but Jesus didn't put that kind of um, pressure or requirement on himself to talk to everyone, to go to everyone's house. He just knew that Zacchaeus was the one who needed it, and that's mm-hmm. who he called out.
0: No, oh, love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, so, Jenny, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for reading this chapter and discussing it with us. Uh, and for you people listening, I hope that this was um, gave you some new things to chew on and some things to uh, discern as you move on in your leadership um, and in your relationships with people. So um, thanks for listening, and next time that we are together, we'll be going through the chapter, Do You Know What I've Done? See ya! Thank you for joining us on the Third Church Student Ministry Podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and to your ministry.